0: Welcome to The Weekly. This is a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing, and this episode is, What Are We Reading?
1: What are we reading?
0: As you can tell, Melissa's in the booth. Hi, Arun, friends. And we're going to sit down and talk about uh, an exceptional book that took Jay Ewing two months to read. Wow. And that was, <laughs> it's, a, it's a large book. It is. <laughs> Quite dense. <laughs> but before we get in that, Friends, you can always go to the show notes to find the link to this book as well as any other link we talk about. But if you don't find those links, just email me because I forgot to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And above all, we're thankful that you're listening like always to The Weekly. You can always do us a huge solid by going and smashing the ratings of this podcast and giving us five stars and only five stars as Thomas Milburn says.
1: That's right. Not five one-star reviews. Totally. One five-star review.
0: Also, if you find an episode that's super helpful, pass it along to your friends, family. We love getting updates about people dropping these episodes in texts to others as well as maybe to their life group or their friend group here at Calvary. And if something's really meaningful for you in this episode come jump and talk to me in the lobby about it. Or me. Or Melissa. You can always hit us up. Uh, We love to talk to you about what we are reading. What are we reading? And uh, we're so thankful you're listening in today. All right. Melissa gets the award for the Thursday of this recording because instead of grabbing me coffee, she grabbed the second love of beverage in my life, which is... Gatorade. I love Gatorade. Yellow Which, or blue? Yellow or blue. That's, that's how Do you have time. a
1: preference between yellow and blue? You don't uh, have to say the one I brought you just because it's sitting in front of you. No, yellow
0: is the OG of Gatorade. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I like yellow too and most people don't. Really? Yeah, I find that a lot of people are like, yellow Gatorade?
0: Yeah. There's so many strange flavors out there these days. I know. One time I picked up a flavor. This is at our, what is it? A Stop and Go? What is it called? Stop.
1: Come, come and Go? Stop and save.
0: Stop and save gas station here in Erie. And I picked up a flavor and I went to the register and the guy was like, don't buy <laughs> don't buy that flavor. I was like, really? Was like, yeah, it's horrible. Did you put it back? Yeah. I was like, okay, thanks. Is <laughs> there a
1: part of you that's like, you can't tell me what to do? No, I was like,
0: he probably knows his Gatorade flavors. I'm going to listen to this guy.
1: That's really great. Well, I had to bring you a Gatorade today yeah, because it's game day, sports fans.
0: It is game day, sports fans. If you're listening to this in 2025, you have no clue what we're talking about. (laughs) But the Calvary Bible Church Little League. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much it is. (laughs) Yeah, the Golden Owls, which Melissa came out. Big shout out to Matt and Melissa for coming out this last week on Tuesday and watching the first round of the playoffs.
1: So fun. Jay coaches his adorable son and so many other Calvary boys um, and the on Cole the Creek, Golden Owls.
0: Yeah, Coal Creek Little League, and it's a blast. Yeah, it
1: was fun to watch them <laughs> play. Yeah.
0: We play tonight, and actually, I don't care if we win or lose. I just don't want the season to end. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we lose and have to play a game next week, I would be so happy. I wouldn't care about winning or losing. I love it. Yeah, I love so it. it's going to be hard to say bye to the Little League season. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's just been fun to watch those boys grow.
1: Yeah, they're they're all great.
0: Yeah, they are great. I love it.
1: So, So, yeah, you had to have a Gatorade.
0: You have to hydrate or die. Yeah. But I figured you would love Gatorade, too, because you're the Gator super fan. Oh, yeah. And that's I do love Gatorade. Do you know there's a Gatorade museum? No, there is not. In Gainesville? There is. Oh, I will go to Gainesville (laughs) just for the (laughs) museum of Gatorade. I love Gatorade that much. I know. Ever since- I was in elementary and middle school and watched Michael Jordan drink Gatorade. Oh, that was the turning
1: point. Yep. I actually like Gatorade Zero.
0: Oh, really? Course. Zero sugar. Yeah, totally. But. Um, I do not like It's it. r-
1: They never have it. That's the thing that if yeah. I put it on my click list, I'm never going to get yep. it. Like it just isn't going to happen.
0: Okay. So I went to a burrito place in Boulder last <laughs> week. <laughs> That's random yeah.
1: conversation. I love it. Yeah.
0: Diagonal Plaza, which is the weirdest shopping center in Boulder, but they had canned Gatorade. It's in the can. No. like the original, the original how it it tastes the best in a can. Stop it. So if you, if you can? ever if you want to ever show appreciation to Jay, I will take Gatorade in a can. Wow, I love Gatorade. What in was a the Gatorade.
1: name of the burrito place?
0: I forget. Oh. <laughs> it's next to the driving driver's the, license place. Were the Boulder. burritos any good? They were great. Okay, great. But. I might have been swayed because of the Gatorade, <laughs> <laughs> in a can. I was like, "You have this."
1: I I like, literally don't think I even knew that Gatorade ever came in a can. Oh yeah, I back mean, in I the guess 80s. you can like assume. Yeah, but 80s, I 90s. wasn't a Gatorade drinker was, in the eighties yeah, and nineties. Yeah, totally.
0: My pyramid. dream is someday to have a vending machine with Gatorade oh in a can gosh. in my garage. That'd be awesome. I would like. I would have arrived on Earth <laughs> if that's happening.
1: That's how you know you're. Hashtag blessed.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Speaking of that, we're going to jump into Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. Now, I want to say this story um, because I just hung out with my mentor who I think probably out of all the men I've ever met uh, looks and moves and sounds like Jesus Mm. the most to me.
1: Yeah.
0: And I sat down with him and I was like, hey, I'm reading Dallas and he studied under Dallas and they were really good friends. Uh, before Dallas uh just passed away recently, actually last couple of years. And uh he has studied under some of my favorite authors, like Eugene Peterson and mm-hmm. J I Packer and have met some like he's Yancey, you know, like yeah. he's in that circle of yeah. friends. Love it. And he said, Jay, my highest recommendation of Dallas is I have never seen that man not move in the way of Jesus. Mm. My whole life I've been around them. That's really cool. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's the endorsement of this book.
1: Yeah, and it's always, you know, there's like the, I think especially now in the day and age in which we live, right. there's always the uh, image that's projected mm-hmm. to the world. And then, unfortunately, a lot of times there's a behind-the-scenes image right. that is not the same. And so to have somebody who knows them yeah. say that is is a high compliment.
0: Yeah, so we... I read Dallas Willard back in Bible college. I bought the book that I read even this season from from the Ozark Christian College <sighs> bookstore. Ozarks. I could see I could see the the sticker from the old bookstore. I love how it. How much I paid back then. I love it. And uh I picked it up again because of this series. We're talking about this sort of the season, the rhythm of abiding when we talk about rule of life. So if you don't know, Lincent and I are journeying in 2022. And you're coming along that journey
1: Lucky you. on
0: how to develop a rule of life. And a rule of life is everyone has one. Most of us don't know what our rule of life is.
1: Yeah. It's what's pushing you forward. What, yeah. your, what your aim is, where your heart is centered and focused. And if you're not thoughtful about it, a rule of life still is there. Yep. It's just you're not aware of it and you're uh, functioning in a way that maybe you don't want to.
0: Yep. So we have these themes for each month, and this theme was abide, and I picked divine conspiracy, and Melissa agreed to it without seeing the how many pages the divine conspiracy Big was. Big
1: mistake. Huge. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: One of our faithful <laughs> listeners who says, Jay, you pick large books. <laughs> and that's probably true. <laughs>
1: yeah, so Melissa's reading of it is, we'll hold that term really loosely. Yeah. I listened to part of it.
0: And right. we were, we were supposed to record this last month. I was like, I'm not even halfway through <laughs> yet, Melissa. Like, I'm I'm enjoying this book so much, but it's also a big book. Why did yeah. I give this? Yeah, it's okay. But I will say this in the recommendation of Divine Conspiracy, it is probably the most modern manifesto of the Christian life mm. that I have read. Yeah, and there's only one other book that I would say that would be, and that would be. Dieter Bonhoeffer's life together. Yeah. And both of the authors write over and explain Mm -hmm. and sort of process Mm -hmm. the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, part of it is this is a book that you kind of dive in and out of, or I would dive in and out of, versus sitting down with the goal of reading it in a month or a couple weeks or whatever. It's kind of one of those that you keep coming back to and Taking totally. pieces of it and then mulling that around in your life. and Yeah. Yeah, it's better absorbed that way.
0: Totally. We'll get to that in a little bit. But let me ask you this, Melissa. Yes. If you were going to think of a section of the Bible that told you how to live best, mm. what section would that be?
1: I feel like you're setting me up here.
0: Well, I am. But I'm also curious because I think everyone would answer that a little bit different, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: true. true. Um, I mean, I think much like in this book the beatitudes right. is a really great place to go to yeah although i think sometimes they are uh, a little challenging to understand
0: yeah they the are the
1: application of the words the specificity of it the you know mm-hmm. if i'm not literally poor does that mean i'm not blessed right you know there's a lot of intricacies there
0: there are and i can't think of other parts of scripture, maybe Romans. Some some yep. individuals would be drawn to Romans, sort of the explanation of how to live. Mm-hmm. Some probably would be the Ten Commandments yep. would probably be a great step in that direction as yep. well.
1: Those are probably Enneagram ones. Because <laughs> totally. they're like numbered. And
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. This is organized, achievable goal. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, I think the Sermon on the Mount, most of us probably wouldn't have said that mm-hmm. unless we would have prepped that question. Yeah. Probably. Because, you know, the hard part about the Sermon on the Mount, and Dallas says it's there, the explanations and illustrations drawn from the immediate settings of the present availability of the kingdom when Jesus was talking about how to live best with yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. And some, that takes a little bit of translation. Totally. Nowadays yeah. for us. And I think Dallas, along with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but I think as, Talking about divine conspiracy for me has given the clearest explanation of what I'm supposed to do when I think about the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Yeah. Or how to, how, yeah, what to do or how, to, what to believe. Yeah. When it comes to the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big, uh a big, Topic in his book is kind of breaking that down. So if you're wondering kind of what this yeah, give is us about, the about. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of in this book refuting the view that Christianity is solely about gaining admittance to heaven when we die. And teaching that as disciples, we have access to the kingdom life now. So he's painting a picture of the Christian life by investigating uh, what God is doing in the world and how we experience it. Yeah, Does that make and, sense?
0: Yep. And the the root of his writing is this that God loved us so much that he would send his son. Mm-hmm. And then God loves us so much that he wants to do life with us. Yeah. And that's where the abiding piece came in for me when we're thinking about how to apply abide in our own rule of life. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. This it reminded me a lot of uh, when we read Gentle and Lowly. Yep. It's that same sort of like the things that we think of as our rules for Christian living, we have to do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, are not necessarily like we're just obeying those rules. We're obeying those out of an overflow of our relationship with Christ.
0: Yep, totally. It is, you have to have that relationship and understanding what God is doing and how he's doing it. He's not a God who's just doing it because he wants it done right. He's doing it because he loves what he's doing totally and loves who's he's doing it with? Yeah, I, you know he writes this in page I think 140. The condition of life sought for by human beings through the ages is attained in the quietly transforming friendship of Jesus, mm. and that is the antithesis of what he's writing about here. Yeah, yeah, is that is that he Dallas Willard believes that Jesus quietly. So you just don't, you don't microwave it today and it's, right. but through your relationships, the story you're living, through the family you've been given, through the neighborhood in which you live, through the workplace that you work, mm-hmm. God, Jesus himself is quietly transforming you into his image. Yeah. And that's a long work. A and, lot. And yeah. a complex work.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was just, we literally just had this conversation before it started of, uh, I have a friend who likes to say that parenting is less about parenting a child and more about parenting your own heart as you react to that child. And that's the same for all of those ways. So, you know, Um, like what's going on in our hearts and how that shows up as we live our lives in relationships with people and, Mm -hmm. um, in the space that we are, how does that play out?
0: Totally, It makes sense. Yeah. You know, and I think some of the great ideas from this book, um, is that also Dallas says that these are not just how do we participate with Jesus, but how we participate with Jesus brings about the right way in which human life flourishes. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's easy. It right. just means that it it flourishes and it's lived best under sort of the rule and reign and the participation with God.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, and realizing, you know, when we make mistakes instead of it being a failure necessarily it's an opportunity to sit at the feet of jesus and you know humbly repent of what went wrong and and ask him to show us a better way and that's what that's about it's not oh you broke the rule you're that's so messed up you know yeah
0: yeah totally yeah yeah Yeah, i think you know one of the things what let me ask you this what are some of the like was sort of the highlight for you from this book. What was the one thing that is like you're like I will think about this, or when someone mentions this, I'll be like, oh yeah, I read that in Divine Conspiracy.
1: Yeah, um, I think, I mean, the way he talks about being blessed, and this is something that God's constantly reminding me. The oh, way yeah. that we use, I mean, he doesn't say hashtag blessed. Yeah. Spoiler alert: that's <laughs> not Dallas. <laughs> too old for that. Willard. It was
0: written in 1998. <laughs>
1: We didn't have hashtags. That though. was a pound we did, sign. That was a pound sign. That was to get to the operator. Exactly. Um, but he just talks about, you know, sort of the upside down gospel of Jesus. That the things that I may say I'm blessed because I live in America. Because I have a wonderful family. Because I live in a nice house. I We, we a lot of times like to say... yeah. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. And I think the truth of it is, for those situations, I'm so lucky. I mean, I'm very, I had nothing to do with being born here or, you know, so many things in my life were being in the right place at the right time or, you know, hard work combined with just plain luck. And that the way that God sees blessed is so vastly different from how we see it culturally, that it isn't the house or the car or the life we live that it's actually our relationship with him and the brokenness in our spirit and our humility and all of those things
0: yeah and his action within us to bring about the blessed yeah presence of himself among us yeah totally to transform us yeah
1: yeah so i love that and then um for anyone who just wants to read, read, quote unquote, the book as I did, yeah. I felt like chapter nine was probably the most applicable chapter, and that's where he kind of breaks it down and gives us, uh, what's the title of that chapter? A Curriculum for Christlikeness. Yep,
0: and his, his early on in this chapter nine, though, his premise is, you listen, life works best, but in abundance because you obey God. Mm -hmm. and he makes that distinction yeah kingdom
1: obedience is kingdom abundance yeah they are not two separate things
0: that's really important to remember so many times
1: Mm -hmm. yeah what about you what stood out like what are the things that you well
0: talk about chapter nine what are some else what you said curriculum for life what what is it what does he talk about there
1: um well he lays out number one you got to love a book that gives you like practical yeah. steps, right? I mean, s- there is so much of this that is nuanced because it is an overflow of an individual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does lay out uh, kind of four things, mm-hmm. um, which are solitude, silence, um, study, and then worship. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the what he lays out is like the progression of the Christian life or the okay. progression of our relationship with Jesus. It starts with that solitude and that silence, even before, because I feel like sometimes I'm so quick to like open my Bible and dig into the word. But when you're able to like just be silent before God and follow his, uh, goal or his aim for your time in the word versus like, Oh, my devotional says that today is, yeah, totally. <laughs> Which is, I mean, there's a time and a place for that. Totally. And that's a, a totally real thing. But yeah, thinking of that picture of solitude, silence, then study, and then all of that leading to worship. And really, that's what our lives are. Like how we live our lives is worship to Jesus. Right. Yeah.
0: Living sacrifices. That yep. Romans 12 that we talked about last time in the podcast totally. together. Yeah. You know, I, I I can't get away from his definitions and explanations of the Sermon on the Mount, I think they're masterful. Yeah. In fact, if you don't read this book, just read that section when you're reading the Sermon on the Mount to help explain what Jesus is saying. Totally. But he does say that, you know, it can be summed up, um, as Jesus summed it up in verse 12 of in Matthew. That therefore, treat others as you want to be treated. This, of course, is world famous Golden Rule. Mm-hmm. This is the rule that I tell my kids before yep. I get out. <laughs> School. Treat others like you want to be treated. What's the (laughs) golden rule? But he says, which he says, uh, is what Jesus is. How Jesus sums up the law and the prophets. In other words, this is love, and everything that is intended for us by God is included within it. Mm, And I think when I think about the very practical nature of doing life with God and abiding in God, it's just treating others as you wouldn't want to be treated.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: At the very tangible, so if you're like, you know, this, this is a hypothetical. Okay. It's say you got a hangry kid who's ready for dinner. That's never happened. Never happened. Nope. It comes down to treat those individuals as you would want to be treated. Yeah. Or say someone in the grocery line who is agitated and upset or angry, treat others as you want to be treated. Yeah. It's if along the coworkers, you know, like the water cooler goes out. Yeah. And no one's going to f- put the water, the new water jug on. That's totally other- hypothetical. Yeah, too, totally. Right? <laughs> Treat others like you want to be treated. Yeah. And it's so practical for the moment to moment, day to day life, as as we're trying to do here at Calvary's, these Christ centered communities that are loving God and other- loving others. This is the idea in which you can yeah. live that out. Yeah,
1: there's another book that I read recently, and it, he talked about um, the sort of analogy he gave was you get to the gates of heaven and there's a hundred question test about you know biblical theology yeah and two of those questions are about loving god and loving others you can get all other 98 wrong but if you get those two right then you've understood the crux of it versus if you know all of the theological answers but you can't get that love god love others piece, then you've missed it you've missed what jesus came for
0: no doubt yeah no doubt so we always go into a segment saying, who would you suggest? We've talked a little bit about this, but how would you suggest reading this book?
1: I think slowly. I think it's just, I mean, I'll definitely go back and pick up pieces of it and, and yeah. take it in. And um, yeah, I think that it's just something to be savored, I guess, is probably the best word for it. Yeah.
0: Dallas Willard, there's a. have read a couple of his books, and the first 7,500 pages are hard to get through. And I don't know what it is. He's building a, an argument, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I was,
1: I was trying to see if I wrote it down, but I did read somewhere that he calls this his uh, most unread book yeah. <laughs> or something but like no. that. It's so funny. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's not an easy one to get through, but, but it's good.
0: About 100 pages in, you get through some of the, the and then beyond that. So, you know, I would suggest... You, I would suggest that if you've been a believer a long time or need a redefinition of what Jesus is doing in the world, this is your book, but you must do it in community with this book. Yeah. So you've got to have multiple months of coffee set up to talk to someone. Yeah, to talk with someone (laughs) about this book. Yeah. And to process what it actually means in your life, what he's saying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Some books can be just like inspirational No, I think or there's quotable. a lot
1: of like application in here yeah. that, you know, takes a while to work out in your own life. It's yeah. not something you want to just read through and then move on from.
0: Yeah. And it's one of the first books I we've read that I has, won't say, that I will say that you shouldn't read this in a life group. No. It's a little too dense and too long. Yeah, But in a, like a mentoring relationship and oh, yeah, that'd be a great discipling relationship yep. and a friendship. Yep. This is a long read over a long season with someone who you can trust to talk, to debrief what you've been reading.
1: Totally. There's a lot to pick apart in it for sure.
0: So when we talk about abide, what do you think, are those four things the things that you're going to sort of list list in your rule of life?
1: Yeah, I think so. So I started... um, This week, kind of taking apart things that practices that are already in my life and kind of putting them into these categories. That we've, um, what
0: are the categories again?
1: The categories are abiding, mind, body, relationships, rest, work, and money, and then hospitality and the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just started, Jay will hopefully remember to link this in the show notes, but there's a great worksheet that we're kind of going through. That's right. And part of it is a a chart with um What's worksheet? All the worksheet it Oh, it's just called I isn't it just rule of life? It's It's developing a personal rule of life. Yep. And it's um through what's the name of this church? I feel like you would know that. Anyway, if you I don't pay attention to those if you Google anymore. developing a personal rule of life, practicing the way. Yep.
0: It's called it's practicing the Or
1: John Mark Comer, because he's yeah. the one whose church this started with or came out of, um, then you'll easily find this, but we'll yeah. try to remember to link it too. Google. But there's a chart and it has those practices, those seven practices. And then how do you implement that in your life? Uh, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and Mm -hmm. annually. So I just started by going through and thinking about the things that I already do um, and kind of figuring out where those go on the chart. Mm -hmm. And I did that so that then I could look at the practices that maybe don't have anything under them or don't have a lot of things filled in. Or for me, it's the seasons that don't have, like, I don't know that I have, Um, things that I do quarterly or annually, you know? Yeah. So trying to figure out where the holes are to be filled in.
0: Totally. That makes sense. Yeah, for me, I think it's probably around the same thing. There's also, when I think about abiding, for me, I need great explanations of the scriptures because sometimes I have a hard time chewing on myself. Mm, Yeah. And so reading the section of the Sermon on the Mount really just helped me to realize that relationship of abiding in christ comes out of an overflow of knowing that i'm loved yeah and that christ loves you know and that can yeah. love others yep and so and that's christ's work in me as well so when i think about abide i think those practices those four practices are going to be really helpful going totally. forward yeah and as i look at rule of life because the next one is mind. mind yeah um and we have a book recommendation for that but before we get there you know I think rest is a big one that I've been chewing on the yeah. last couple months. Yep, and I just because I think it'll be the hardest one to schedule. Does yeah. that make sense? It
1: does make sense.
0: So for sort of the age and stage of life I'm in, yeah, sort of the one that's going to be the hardest. To yeah, make sense.
1: Yeah, that's good. I think for me, yeah, it's both the time, like what what are the quarterly or annually mm. practices that I can put in place. Um, but I'm I don't know the hospitality thing. I've, uh, I have keep coming back to it over and over again. And what does actual biblical hospitality look yeah. like? Because I think a lot of times when I think about hospitality in my own life, it's like having your family over for dinner. Entertaining. You know, entertaining, yeah. exactly. So what is actual biblical hospitality? And do I practice that in my life? So that's when I'm excited to that's
0: gonna look be into, too, dig yeah. into a little bit. So here's our segment. What And... What are we reading when we have, we call it the gin segment. And this is where we give you a heads up of the book we're going to be reading next month. What book will we will we be reading, Melissa, next month?
1: Uh, we are going to be reading, I forgot the name of it already.
0: Live No Lies. Live No
1: Lies. Thank you. What's your
0: favorite book in the last three years?
1: You <laughs> use favorite book pretty broadly. <laughs> yeah, I do love it. It is a good yeah. book. It is a good book. So Live No Lies, John Mark Comer. Um, if you check it out through the library, you might get the copy that I originally had, and then you can see I fold down like the bottom corner when I there's something. I just saw this
0: copy at the <laughs> library last night. No, you did yeah, yeah, I did. I should have. If I'd known that, I would have totally picked it up to see that. <laughs> and stabbed uh, your pen because yeah. then
1: I I did read it, and then I had to buy it yeah. because you know there were too many folds totally, in it yeah. I, I needed to highlight and no write doubt. in the margins and all that good stuff but yeah live no lies john mark comer um talking about what it's like to uh have our mind focused on jesus and how to apply that
0: yeah so i'll link that in the show notes as well the book that's coming up next month all right melissa any final words as we wrap up this little section of abide and we move on to mind and our rule of life?
1: No, I'm just excited. I'm excited about this rule of life. I think it's going to be a good journey. How about you?
0: Yeah, if nothing else, you and I will develop our rule of life and everyone else will just have to patiently listen through it.
1: <laughs> Lucky
0: them. Lucky them. <laughs> Welcome to our lives. Uh, Lovely, but, you know, I think the rule of life is a, it's a must in 2022. Yeah, I do so too. Let's, let's get serious about it, right? Yep. All right, Calvary, we love that you're listening let us know, like always, observations, ideas. If you read The Divine Conspiracy, loved it or hated it, let us know. As well as when you write, when you read it in the next couple of months, mm-hmm. let us know that you're reading it. We'd yeah. love to encourage you along on that journey. As well as you can find out what's happening at Calvary always at calvarybible.com. We love that you visit that website, submit a prayer request, let us know, get connected, go to calvarybible.com. And figure awesome. out who I am by my he staff picture. Jay.
1: Oh, I don't have one there. How do they figure out who I am?
0: Good luck. Good luck, world. Good <laughs> luck. We love it. Talk to you soon. Melissa, like always, thanks for being in the booth. Yeah,
1: thanks for inviting me.